0: Uh, <laughs> we're just keeping you g- gas
1: in here.
2: It is time for us to begin, if you will find a seat Glad to see everyone here this uh, memorial day uh, if you have any if we have any visitors with us, please know that you're our special guest and uh, please wait around let us get to know you a little bit better and members do your best to try to make that happen our uh, order of worship today John Kelly will be singing uh, leading the singing Uh, James Ward has reading and prayer and uh, the Lord's table and the closing prayer uh, have been swapped so Trevor will be doing the closing prayer and Nathan has the Lord's table David will be preaching for us today in Chris's absence Uh, remember the group that is over in Scotland uh, doing some uh, missionary work Uh, we have been keeping updated on that through some uh, facebook posts and uh, as far as we know everything is going going well as you came in the door i hope you were handed uh, one of these uh... the elders have been talking uh, for some time about um, doing more than we currently are to get to know one another to increase our knowledge in god's word and to reap the benefits of of both of those uh, providing service to others as well and so what we did was uh, we have uh, five elders spread across the top in alphabetical order then we put uh, deacons underneath each across the top going left to right and then in that middle column in the third uh, cell there you have Randy and Melissa Ash beginning of the alphabet there and if you keep going across this way left to right then you, we, what we did was just made this straight alphabetical. Difficult to assign groups with any strategy involved, and so what we did this first time was uh, just just go alphabetical. So we have five groups with at least one elder and one deacon in each group. Down at the bottom, I might mention, uh, we had left off the, the, those who are shut-ins, and we said, no, just go ahead and put them on. So that, those last ones there at the bottom are those that are, um, are traditionally who we have called uh, our shut-ins, those who are unable to uh, come and worship with us. Over on the back side of that is an explanation of, of what, what we did and why we did it um, and what we hope to achieve by that. Um, let me say also that if your name is not on here and you consider yourself a full-time member, uh, let us know. It was not intentional, more than likely it was just an oversight. So. If there's uh, anyone who has that information, bring it to me or one of the elders, and we'll get you on this list, and we'll send out a revised list um, as well. Also, if there is any, um, well, we don't have information, individual information on that. We have a directory that has kind of been updated. It doesn't have the pictures yet and has been printed for the congregation, but we have a working directory with information on there, contact information, that all of these individuals who are in charge of these groups will have access to. Beware that this is not going to start immediately. We're going to get through the summer months of vacation and start it in August, so uh, someone will be in contact with you, probably the leader or the leaders of your group, uh, will be in contact with you prior to August to try to get these things going. These are called, uh, on the first page, uh, where the list is study and service groups. Um, you'll find that the explanation at the top, it says life groups. We started to call them life groups and then uh, just decided to use service and study groups because that's descriptive of what, what we're doing. If you want to refer to them as life groups, uh, feel free to do, do that. I'm not going to highlight that, uh, those paragraphs there. I'm just going to let you work your way through that. Uh, down at the bottom is um, there's service responsibilities about two or three inches up from the bottom. We have five different areas. We have service projects now. But we're going to try to use these study groups in, as service groups as well. And right now, these are our five areas of uh, service. Uh, we will provide more detail on that later or options for you within each of those. And if you'll notice the uh, table at the bottom, uh, we'll start in August. And uh, the Keister group will have uh, service project number one, which is preparation cleanup for potlucks for two months. And then we rotate and everybody moves around and rotates so that throughout the year uh, we all get a chance to do each one of those different service projects we hope that by doing this that we will get to know one another better that we will able to supply needs that might arise uh, as a result of knowing one another better um, that we grow in knowledge of God's Word outside of a Sunday that that we spend time uh, studying gods word together and then the service project should at least some of them get us more out into the community one of the things that came from the survey results was that we needed to be more of a fixture in the minds of those uh, out in the community and so uh, we have tried to um, include that as well so if you have any questions come to uh, one of the elders uh, and and ask or come to an elder meeting and ask our goal is to be more of a family Uh, Than we currently are. Some of us feel that, some of us don't, and it's simply because we don't know one another as well. So this is an attempt to do that. Bow with me uh, for a word of prayer before we begin. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love for us, that you have decided to give us the opportunity to know you and to worship you, to love your Son and the Holy Spirit and We pray, Father, that this morning as we enter into our worship, that we will try to pull from our minds the things that distract us from you and doing your will during the week. That we can, for at least this time period, focus solely on worshiping you and pleasing you in that worship. We pray, Father, that the things that we do will be in accordance with your will and what we find in scripture for how we are to do so. We pray, Father, that you uh, be with those who are in Scotland, that their works will be fruitful, that they will return safely to us. We pray that you will be with each of us this morning as we enter into worship and as we leave later. We pray that what we have done here this morning, in a little while, will have reaped fruit in our thoughts and in our lives, and we can better serve you than we have in the past. We ask this prayer in your son's name. Amen.
3: Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 598, Standing on the Promises. Sing the first three verses. And as it stands so far this morning, we will not be having the children's Bible hour. So keep that in mind. No children's Bible hour for today. Standing on the promises of Christ, my
0: King, truly
3: Next hymn this morning, number 321, 321, If Jesus Goes With Me. <clears throat> we'll sing the first, second, and the last verse, and at this time, or after that, Brother James Ward will have our scripture reading and prayer.
4: Scripture reading this morning will be taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, 8 through 10. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. And above, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall come, cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you humbly, Father, thanking you for the, another day of life, Father, thanking you for the opportunity to come here and sing songs of praise to you, Father, and to read your word and to hear a lesson. Father, we're thankful for the country in which we live, the men and women that have sacrificed so much, given their lives for us, that we can have these freedoms to worship you in peace. Father, I pray that we never take that for granted. Father, I pray that we can spread your word, not just throughout this community, with the upcoming Vacation Bible School, but even all the way seas to Scotland with the men and women that are over there spreading the gospel. We're thankful for, to have members to be willing to give up their time to do that. Father, pray that you continue to be with our study groups that's been constructed. Pray that much good comes from this. Father, we pray that you continue to be with the outgoing seniors with the community here. Pray that you put your loving arms around them and protect them as they go on to the next stage of life. Father, we're mindful of those that are unable to be here, whether they are uh, sick or out of town, or whatever, if they just even chose not to be here, pray, Father, that you be with each and every one of them. Protect them and watch over them. Father, we're thankful most of all for the gift of your son, Jesus. Without him, we have nothing, but through him, we have the hope of eternal life. And we're so grateful for that and thankful. And it's through his name that we pray. Amen.
3: Next to this morning, number 53 at Calvary. Number 53. <clears throat> Years I spend in vanity
0: and pride Carrying not my hope was crucified Knowing not the cause for me He died for oh God
1: In Wood, Missouri, there's a secluded place called Sappers Grove. And after 16 long weeks of training, when you've completed all your tasks, they take you to this place. It's a beautiful little place, secluded, surrounded by woods. The commander gives a speech uh, welcoming you into the regiment and, and all the responsibilities that uh, comes with that. The drill sergeants introduce you to Grog, which I can tell you about later. Um, And then it it culminates with each and every soldier being pinned with the castles, the engineer's crest, and uh, a firm handshake welcoming you to the brotherhood of the engineers. And then you're given something that you haven't been given the 16 weeks you've been there. You're given a few minutes of freedom. There's there's monuments and there's statues, and you're just free to roam. You just get to... uh, talk to your friends, there's laughter that's heard that's not heard very often during training and you you just get to see and experience what it means to be an engineer. There's statues that show, explain what uh, the word sapper comes from, there's ones that explain what what engineers would have done in various conflicts and how the battlefields have evolved and so with that our responsibilities. And as you're enjoying this freedom, the first sergeant hollered at us to come check out this one particular um, uh, statue or memorial. And it wasn't by no means the fanciest, but it was just a simple marble slab off in the corner. And as we all gathered around, we noticed that it uh, it was very simply etched with a rank, a name, and a date. And they explained to us that that was all the men and women in the engineering corps uh, during this war on terror, that had gave their lives for freedom, and by one by one, each drill sergeant would would point out a name and say, "You know, I, I served with him, and and he was out on a patrol, and, and he and he died." Or this one, I I was I trained with him. He was from my hometown, and he and he was killed in Iraq. And I remember one was uh, he. The first sergeant pointed to this young young private, and you know he. He was out with me and we were out doing this and he died in my arms and it was a very sobering experience um, to listen to these guys' personal accounts of people that they knew and it was a reminder and they did it on purpose, it was a reminder to each and every one of us that were there celebrating this accomplishment that the price of freedom was great and that just like these men and women who, who had gave their life before for us to enjoy this freedom, that we too might one day be called upon to lay down our lives for freedom. So as as we celebrate the Memorial Day weekend, that's what we, I urge each and every one of you to remember, to remember that those men and women who have gone before us, who have sacrificed their lives, put their bodies upon the altar of freedom, and that we never take those freedoms for granted. But we're gathered here at this moment for an even greater sacrifice, for an even greater sense of freedom. Um, Paul writes in Galatians 5 that it is for freedom that Christ came and set us free. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered around with his disciples and he set up this memorial service, this, this uh, unleavened bread, and this fruit of the vine, as, as emblems to help us, to help his disciples remember the sacrifice that he was getting ready to do for each and every one of us, to how he was going to suffer and how he was going to die, but not even death could stop him, um, and that through his death, we would be set free, that we would have life eternal with him. Um, and as, so as we um, gather around and as we give thanks for this bread, let's remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for sending your Son who came to this world and lived a perfect life and was willing to lay down his life as a sacrificial offering so that through his death we might have life eternal, that he paid the debt of sin that we all owed, that he took on for us. We ask that you bless this bread, which represents his body, that, he was, that it was freely given uh, on Calvary's cross. Bless those who partake. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. At this time, let's now give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Oh, Heavenly Father, once again, we come to you just thanking you and praising you. Thanking you for loving us and for Jesus who came to this world and shed his pure and sinless blood so that we might be cleansed of our iniquities, that we might have this hope of heaven with you someday. We ask that you uh, Be with us as we partake and forgive us when we go wrong. In Christ's name we pray, amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. Uh, at this time, we'll also like to offer, uh, offer the blessing uh, on the contributions. There's containers in the back that you can uh, leave your offerings on. Uh, so let's go to God in prayer as we give thanks for the blessings. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've given us. We know that all good things come from you. We know that we are so richly blessed. And we thank you for each and every one of those blessings. We ask that you be with the funds that are collected and be with the men that are charged with distributing those funds so that the work of this church may continue and that souls can be reached in this community and this world before it's everlastingly too late. Be with us forgive us as we sin. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
3: Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hand number 833. <coughs> ring out the message. <coughs> again, there's no children's Bible hour. There's a
0: message driven and glad for the simple and the sad. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it, it out, ring it, out, bring it, out, it out. out, it will give the, the courage.
3: Him this morning, number 356. Jesus is tenderly calling, 356, this time of the day.
5: Well, good morning, church family. Hope everybody's doing all right. I did talk to um, a wife while she was in Scotland. She called me about 9 or 10 o'clock, which is probably about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, their time. She couldn't go to sleep because she was used to the time here, and um, she was worried about what she was going to eat. The next day, they were going to have haggis and blood pudding. So she was all worried. Thomas is like, I'll try anything once. Um, but that's not true with him. You know, he wants to eat pasta. So I, I don't know how he's going to eat blood pudding. Just disgusting. But I hope everybody's doing all right this morning. Uh, This morning, you know, a lot of times when we come to church, we say to ourselves, you know, I wish so-and-so heard that lesson. You know, because maybe that lesson maybe would inspired them. Maybe it was a—maybe they had an issue— Or stress or anxiety issues. But a lot of times when we come to church, we sit there and say, I wish so-and-so would have heard that lesson. But this morning, I ask you, I want you to take this lesson personally. I want you to take this lesson and ask yourself, how does this lesson apply to me? How can I become a better person from this lesson? It's not about somebody else. We are all responsible for our own salvation. So I want you to take this lesson personally because I know I've shared this with you before. A lot of times, I don't know if most ministers do this, but I know I do this. When I do a lesson, I take it personally. It's something that I may be struggling with my own personal life. I don't think of anybody else. I think of myself when I do a lesson. Now, this message is just as much for you as it is for me. And hopefully it helps you grow spiritually. The other day... I'm sure you've seen this commercial on TV where these, it's done at the Special Olympics. And the Special Olympics, and, and they have all these kids lined up at the starting line. And this commercial is about friendship and sportsmanship. And it has these kids, they're at the starting line, and they take off. And as they're running the race, one falls. She can't get back up or he can't get back up. And there's one ahead of everybody else by lengths. And that person looks back at, looks back at her friend and looks at the finish line, looks back at her friend and looks back at the finish line and stops before they finish the race. They turn back around and help their friend. They pick their friend up and they both cross the finish line together. It's a very touching commercial. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one. If one falls down, His friend can help him up, but have pity on the man who falls and has no one to help him up. How true is that? I mean, we all fall down. There are times in our life when the walls are crumbling around us from anxiety, from stress, from grief, whatever situation we are going through in our lives, and we get knocked down. But how wonderful it is to have a friend there who cares enough about you to help you brush yourself off, wipe the dust off, and to continue on. Now, if you will, turn to your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 30. And it's a story about Apostle Paul. And the reason I've, I know I've taught this in class, I, I, I may have talked about this in a lesson in the past, but Paul gives this such a great example of a compassionate friend. In fact, someone has once noted that there are more than 100 people listed as Paul's friends in the New Testament. One reason why Paul had so many friends is because he was a good friend himself. So we look at Philippians chapter 2, 19 through 30, and there's three lessons we can learn from this this morning. First, the number one lesson we learn is that we need to cultivate a genuine interest in others. We need to cultivate a genuine interest in others. 19 says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Now, Paul here, he's a missionary. And a lot of times, these apostles, they would write letters to other churches about their concern. And, and Paul could have written a letter, if he wanted to, saying, you know, hey, listen, I'm in, I'm in Rome. I'm in prison right now. And the conditions here are horrible. They're bad. What I need for you to do is I need for you to take up a special offering and get me out of this prison quickly. Paul could have done that. But he doesn't. He's more concerned about others, instead being more concerned about himself. So he sends Timothy to find out how things are going, and so desperately he wants to hear good news. See, for a lot of people on Saturday, Saturday Morning is check on your family time. It is for being married with kids. I know I do this. On Saturday, we would check on Katie while she's at college. Or I'd call my parents to see how they're doing. Parents check on their children. Brothers and sisters check on each other. They kind of talk about what's going on in each other's lives. And you just cannot wait to share good news with one one another. Am I right? Because there's joy all around. Lou Gehrig was the first baseman for the New York Yankees. He passed away on June 2nd, 1941, of ALS, which was later called Lou Gehrig disease. The doctors really didn't know how to treat it. So they do, doctors do what they do. They, they throw a bunch of medicine at it. They run a bunch of tests to find out what works. But just before he passes away, Lou Garrett calls a friend and he says, Listen, man, I've got some great news to tell you. They found this new serum and they're going to try it on ten of us. And it's working on nine out of ten of us. He's enthusiastic about it. And his friend, being a concerned friend like he is, he says, well, is it working on you? He says, no, but it's working on 9 out of 10. How do you like those odds? He was joyful because, just because it was working on 9 out of 10. Nine out of ten people are being helped. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have. And it's probably the reason why Luke Garrett was remembered and had so many fond memories. Because he was such a good friend. Apostle Paul was the same way. In Philippians 2, 3-4, he writes, Do not do nothing out of selfish ambition or in vain but in humility, consider one another better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. In other words, be genuine concerned about others. I mean... You ever ask yourself, why am I here? Why do I go to church? I mean, when you wake up in the morning, on Sunday morning, and you're trying to roll out of bed, or you're trying to encourage yourself to get a shower, you ask yourself, why am I going to church? I mean, you may think to yourself, you know, maybe it's because I have a debt I need to pay to God. Or maybe there is a burden that I'm going through in my life that I'm hoping to be lifted. Or maybe you like the singing, the fellowship, or even the preaching. Why am I going? Why should we go? Well, it's because we have a generally interest in others, isn't it? The church becomes a training ground where we learn how to care about others. So when you come to church, you're always on the lookout. Maybe you see a mother that has her hands full with some children, and she's struggling just to get them out the door. And that mother could use your help so you help maybe there's a guest that's here this morning and you see that person introduce yourself tell them that you're glad that they came to worship with us this morning and tell them if there's anything spiritually that they need in their life in order to grow in a closer relationship to God, that you'd be more than happy to help them. Or maybe you look at the prayer list and you learn that someone's having a difficult time. Send them a card. Write them a note. Let them know that you're praying for that person. Or maybe it's someone who's struggling with grief or loss, hold their hand, cry with them. Just let them know you care and that you're there for them. Now, I realize a lot of us are already doing that, and I thank God for you. But isn't it refreshing to know that we can care for each other without any hidden agenda? That we can care for each other because you are my brother and you are my sister in Christ, Jesus. Now things happen in your life when you're generally concerned about others. When you're generally concerned about others, the first thing happens to you is you forget about your own problems. We seldom realize that we think about our own troubles. That we, we need to do something for ourselves, something extravagant, something indulgent. But we find out that's not the answer. The Bible teaches us, in fact, when I was going through pastoral counseling classes, we learned that the quickest way to forget your troubles is by getting involved in someone else. Prophet Isaiah 58, 10 through 12 says, If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfied the needs of the oppressed, then your light will be raised from darkness and your night will become like a noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs and strengthen your frame. So we are to be concerned about others. When we have a friend that's in trouble... Help them. Second thing, the second lesson we get from this is we need to offer a sincere encouragement to others. Verse 20 says, I have no one else like him who takes care, or I'm sorry, who takes a genuine interest in and your welfare. Paul here, he's talking about Timothy. Paul had, Paul was the this, this one who taught Timothy, who watched him grow in his faith. And Paul sees him as an adult, and he sees Timothy doing his own ministry now. And Paul looks at him and says, there's no one else like him. In fact, the New American Standard Version translates this verse. He says, I have no one else of a kindred spirit. Now, let me point out, these two Greek words used here mean the same soul. What Paul is saying here is that him and Timothy have the same soul. They are kindred spirits. They are like-minded. Now, there are different levels of friendships. Most, I suppose, are casual friendships. Like a lot of us, we have. But I'm challenging you to have more than a casual friendship. You know, because a lot of times we say, hey, how are you doing? You say, fine. Well, good. How are you doing? I'm fine. But the truth is, neither one of us are actually fine. We just don't want to unload on one another, on what's going on in each other's lives, do we? That's called casual friendship we need to to enjoy going out we need to enjoy spending time with one another we need to get into a deeper relationship we need to do things that a casual relationship would not do we need to have that same soul friendship. A friendship where we can grow closer together and think alike. where We're motivated by the same thing, the glory of God. Now, I know sometimes that same soul friendship can scare you. Mandy and Jenny have that same soul friendship. And they can think exactly what each other's are thinking. They can say it before anybody else. You don't want to play a game with them because they'll beat you. But what a blessing it is to have that same soul friendship. If you're a husband... And you and your wife have that same soul relationship. What a blessing that is. Because you don't have to pretend. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else. That person knows exactly where you're coming from. That person understands who you are. What a blessing that is. Paul writes about Timothy as the same soul friend in verse 21. He says, for everyone looks out for his own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. I think Paul is presenting a contrast here. He's saying mostly everybody else looks out for their own selfish intentions. But Timothy's not like that. Timothy's not like that at all. He looks out. For everybody else. He's special. He's only interested in you. I read an article about a preacher. He was a well known preacher in California. And he was at a church in California and his church started growing. In numbers. And he was becoming well known. Most people are going to church to hear the minister preach. And the crowd was getting bigger and bigger. And he became quite popular. This minister had 3 children. 2 of them were Christians. And the son rebelled against everything his dad said or did. That bothered this minister. This minister thought about stepping down and leaving ministry completely. Because all he kept thinking was about the verse where it says, If any one of you... Don't know how to manage your own family? How can you take care of God's? 1 Timothy 3 5. And one day, this minister under great depression has a knock at his door at his house, and another minister from California could have been jealous of him because this minister's been preaching all his life and had not had the same success as this other minister. says, let's get in the car and go for a ride. So these two ministers get in the car and they ride and they drive to L.A. and they pull into this parking lot in front of a woman's correction center. And he says, I had a daughter, I have a daughter, who spent many years in prison. Many years in prison here, and, and I would just sit here hoping and praying to God that I would get a glimpse of her because they wouldn't let me go inside to see her. His son... got addicted to drugs and alcohol and committed a crime and he was in prison himself and later died in prison. That day they both poured their hearts out to one another because he knew he had a friend there to hear him, to listen to him. He asked that preacher to do his son's funeral. We need friends like that. We need someone who we can talk to, someone that will listen to us. We need friends like that. When we fall down, that that friend is there to brush us off, to hold our hand. to go with us to the finish line. And third, the last lesson we need to learn is that we need to practice on being unselfish. Verse 25 begins the story about Ephesus. And we read about the time where Ephesus is a member of the church of Philippi. And this church in Philippi is a strong supporter of Apostle Paul. And we learn that Paul's in prison again. Paul spends a lot of time in prison. And they send Ephesus there to be an encouragement to him. But Ephesus becomes very ill. Very sick. I mean, he almost dies. He is so sick. I mean, Paul could have easily sat there and said, You know, first I sent Timothy away, and now you want to go too? Leave me here all by myself. Life's funny that way, isn't it? We don't want to be left alone. We always want somebody there with us. We feel empty when we're left alone. But instead, Paul writes to the church of Philippi and he says, I'm sending him back to you. I'm sending him back to you because because I want you to welcome him. I want you to encourage him because he almost died here in prison For the glory of God. A friendship. A friendship that is really a friendship when you can release a friend. That you're not being selfish. Or some kind of smothering love. Now to those who are single... And dating, you need to hear this. Husbands and wives, you need to hear this as well. Parents, you need to hear this too. There comes a time in every home when you have to let your children go. And it's a difficult thing to do. I'd like to tell you the story doesn't end there. Because in 2 Timothy 4, Paul, he's in prison again. And the circumstances here are very different this time. It's because his friends aren't there. I mean, I don't know where they are. The Bible doesn't say where they are. I mean, they could be far away. They could be in prison themselves. Maybe they passed away. Or maybe, since Paul was in prison so much, they just got tired of going to jail, to the prison to see him. So Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 16-17, In my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. But the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. Your best friend, your friend of friends, it's no secret. It's no secret at all. Is Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When you fall, he'll be there to pick you up and dust you off. He will walk with you hand in hand all the way to the finish line. You can bet your life on that. This morning, if you don't have Jesus as your friend, if you don't have him as your Lord and Savior, then we extend an invitation for you. He stands ready to meet you. He stands ready to be involved in your life. And he promises you an eternal life with him. And he forgives you for your sins. So why won't you come? Accept his friendship. One that will never fail you. That will be there for you all the way to the very end
6: Good morning. We have a few announcements to go with before we're dismissed. Uh, just a reminder, today is, as Dave calls it, Church Eat Church. So today's a potluck after services, and then we will have a one o'clock service. will be no six o'clock service. Uh, reminder, VBS starts June 5th and runs through the 9th, so keep that in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, Steeler will be collecting individually wrapped snacks that are still in the box for the Hospice House of Huntington and there is a box in the foyer for you to place those items in as well. Uh, A couple other reminders. The Ark Encounter June 25th, that's a Saturday, and Polishing the Pulpit August 17th through the 25th. Uh, If you need more information on that, see Chris. On our prayer list, uh, continue to keep Jennifer Baker, Jim Haney, Sandy Galloway, Carolyn Hall, all in your prayers. Uh, Remember this year's graduating class, um, and also remember those members here at Rome that are in Scotland on the mission trip. Uh, also, keep Janet Barkus in your prayers as she uh, passing of her husband Aaron. Uh, the funeral is today, so keep her in your prayers as well. Is there any other announcements need to be made? If not, we will have a closing song and a closing word of prayer.
3: Yes, please stand again. We'll sing number 572. Send the light. Sing the first and third verse, and then Brother Trevor Egnard will have a have prayer. <laughs> there's a call comes ready for the rest of us way the
0: light, In the to
6: we thank you for the day and all the blessings of it. Thank you for this time we've had to come to be into your house, to hear your word and to draw closer to you. Lord, we just pray that we would take what we hear and apply it to our lives and uh, take it into the world with us. Lord, we pray just now that you would be with those that are uh, on the mission trip. Pray that you would watch over them, guide and protect them. And Lord, we pray that their their trip would be a blessing uh, to those they serve and draw, draw more to you. Lord, we pray that you be with the upcoming VBS as well, and the mission that that is. pray that you be with all those who are able to work and and to participate, and pray much especially for those that will be be here to hear it. Lord, be with us as we go out into the world. Bring us back to the next appointed time, and watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen.